Welcome back to the Drunk Friend Podcast. This is episode 31. And Alex, how you doing? How you doing out there today? Doing okay. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, you, but there's still a few hours left in the day. So you never know when things could turn sour. But I'm hope, <laughs> hope I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. How are you doing? That is the spirit. I don't know why I brought this show in as if I was welcoming you, welcoming you onto a game show. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> Thank you, I, Bob I Eubank. <laughs> I usually feel like I have something to like lead in with, but I was like, how are you doing? I had no idea. I, I snuck up on myself. I had no idea what I was doing. But no, I uh, I took some days off work here this week to catch the channel up. I was, you know, it was, I was almost within three weeks of, of my, of my, my queue of videos and I was getting the itch. I was like, ugh, I don't know about that. So I went ahead and, and made a couple over the past couple of days to stretch it out past Thanksgiving so I can, oh I can relax a little bit, focus on my podcasting a little bit more, maybe have a better intro from here on out. That's that's, that's quite the achievement to be more than a month ahead of schedule, uh, yeah. and that's that's very hard to do. But um, your video that came out just today, when we're recording on Wednesday here, is for Gremlins 2, the new batch, uh, a movie that... I enjoy uh, that movie quite a bit. Uh, it's very odd, goofy. It's uh, it's it, the tone of the movie is all over the place. Sometimes it's horror, sometimes mm-hmm. it's uh, comedy. It's 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 really a fun time. I like it. Uh, but how, what did you think of the game? Yeah, and and to speak more on the movie, I'm a huge fan of those movies, and I I don't know of many people that say that they don't like them, and if they do, I feel like they don't get it because it is yeah. supposed to be more funny than scary but i will say though and i mentioned this in the video those gremlins when i was a kid kind of spooked me out oh yeah <laughs> the, the, especially in the first movie the and the the gremlin yeah. in the microwave yeah scared the crap out of me oh yeah yeah pretty scary imagery there back in the back in the old 80s but and i didn't even realize this because i'm, I'm you know time has passed but i didn't realize those two movies released so far apart they were five years apart i thought they were bang bang right there in the 80s but there was mm-hmm. a big gap and people were when gremlins 2 came out people were like why People didn't really uh, weren't really excited about it. They're like, well, I don't don't didn't think that needed to be made, but it, it turned out good. And the game is all right. You know, it's a it's a sunsoft game. The music I didn't really spend a lot of time talking about the music of the game, but it is great. I really love the music to it. Sunsoft does does great stuff with of the music. course. But yeah, it, it's pretty fun for what it is. I mean, some you know some of that NES jank and and some <laughs> occasional difficulty spike will get you, but overall pretty solid. I mean, yeah, it's a game that I didn't even, I'm not even sure I knew this one existed, but um, really? I was, I was kind of happy to see it. Um, I should I guess I should have figured that it did. Um, yeah, it's got that, that wonky th- top down platforming, which I'm not always a fan of. Uh, yeah. Jumping on moving platforms where you got to trust your shadow underneath you. And yeah, no, yes. I don't always like that, but otherwise it looks like a decent game. Yeah, I mean, it it will bail you out, though. You get this one use of a balloon, so it, it kind of mm. knows. It's like, people are, people are going to hate this platforming shit. Why are we doing this? So they <laughs> went ahead and added this balloon, so if you fall, you get one per level. The balloon picks you up and kind of, you know, gives you a, uh, a few seconds of forwarding yourself through the level 
to land again so you can kind of skip past some parts if you if you need to and uh. that's just built into the game it's not really a cheat or anything it's just like a you know up uh, too bad. Here, let's uh, let's go for a ride. Yeah, bail you out of some situations. That's like Do Re Mi Fantasy ends up for Super Famicom. That's that has yeah. the same sort of thing where it, only it's a power up in that game where it really kind of guides you along. Where it's like, oh, don't worry about it. You might have missed this jump. Just don't miss the next one, and it floats you all <laughs> the way up to the top of the screen. Kind of cool. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But you, on the other hand, you you know, I talked about this in the past. My favorite band growing up, for some reason, from the time I was four years old, I loved Aerosmith, which is a weird thing for a kid. It's, I, I, you know, it might have affected me in some deep-rooted ways I've not even discovered yet. But you did the video on uh, Revolution X, which was a game I was so stoked for as a kid, and your video agreed with me in that um, it's not it's not good at home. No. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that um, I was going into you know get footage for that game. I was expecting the arcade to be crappy. It's not. It's totally fine. It's a, you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing as the Terminator Two uh, arcade mm. game, only with just these wacky, colorful settings. With like the guys from Aerosmith are here. What? But yeah, it's it's actually a pretty fun arcade playthrough. Uh, it's it'll kill. 15 20 minutes for you and it's it's some cabinets support three players and um yeah if you can if you can get that mess to work on on mame or <laughs> on uh on your your hacked playstation classic or whatever raspberry pi thing you're doing and all the better <laughs> um but yeah no the the home ports uh, i only looked at the super nintendo and Sega Genesis because that's really all i could stomach um the super nintendo one uh is 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 bad uh, but at least it has like five second samples from songs in Aerosmith, which is a nice touch. Uh, yeah. The Genesis one tries to replicate the Aerosmith songs and all sorts of other stuff with its like you know FM synth, and it just it it's not working. It's not working. But um, the Genesis game was a, a, t- a shade better, I would say, just because um, you know you, anytime you've got more screen real estate. Uh, with a, uh, a a game like that, with with gameplay like that, where you've got more screen to work with, it's always going to turn out better. And there's no slowdown on the Genesis one. There's the Super Nintendo uh-huh. one had does have plenty of slowdown, which is it does, <laughs> does what Nintendo don't, you know. It's the uh, <laughs> the there is a Saturn version, and I actually think I own it. And uh, I know you didn't you didn't cover that one, but I have to think it's got to be a little bit better. I feel like a lot of Saturn uh, arcade ports were pretty decent, so maybe I'll check that one out and I, see if it's any better. I did see footage for it and it's not it didn't look as good as I would have thought, but hmm. that's just from looking at it. I I, I don't have right. the, the best uh setup for it, Saturn. The biggest bummer is that it it doesn't use the accessories. That would help it out so much if it used oh, a gun yeah. or a mouse or something. Yeah, that's that's egregious. Apparently, it it actually does work with the mouse. I it just wasn't working for me because the fire button and the pause button are mixed up, and there's no way to kind of no. de- disassociate them. So it's just a clusterfuck. It's it, <laughs> it's a dumb. disaster. Um, but I, right. apparently, it's supposed to work with the mouse, and I I, I tried it, and it's like. This ain't working, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, on to more pleasant subjects. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about something I'm way more excited about, which is uh, NES ROM hacks. Yes. And that's a video I've got coming out on Thursday. Um, I piled a lot of stuff into this just because I love... Um, the NES ROM hack scene is really... it's It's got so much good stuff. 
um, going back like 15 years now uh, with hmm. stuff like uh, Mario Adventure, which is so good. It's so well put together. It's such a polished game. Uh, Castlevania Holy Relics, just really, it feels like, a, you know, it's got that polish to it that really makes it a, a fun standalone game. Like, even if you don't dig Castlevania that much, you're still going to dig stuff like right. Holy Relics. But then uh, on top of that, if you are a Castlevania fanatic, there's stuff like Blood Moon, which I am horrible at that game. It just does not agree with me. <laughs> I don't like the moving whip. Like, at you walk, you keep walking forward as you whip instead of stop. I, oh. Not a fan of that mechanic, but um, so, some people dig it. Especially, you know, folks that are into, you know, speed runs and all that sort of stuff. But, oh, right. But um, there's also Chorus of Mystery, or uh, is it Chorus of Mysteries? Yeah. Um, that's a really tough one, too. There's all sorts of stuff out there. It's uh, There's even a uh, ROM hack of stuff like Gimmick. Gimmick 2. Yeah. Um, it's not the greatest. Uh, the level design's pretty jank. But uh, there's even DuckTales 2 ROM hack called New Journey. That one's fun. I mean, for a little bit. It's just fun to be in that DuckTales NES universe, really, just in different yeah. settings. But I mean, bouncing around is so so addictive, that mechanic, even in the first oh, one. Yeah. You just, what, you just why, why walk? Why do they even have a, have a, have a walk animation? Yeah, you and just I got to bounce constantly. <laughs> I got to give kudos to you because uh, you listed DuckTales 2 instead of DuckTales on your top 13 a couple episodes ago. And you're totally right. Because this made me go back and play DuckTales 2. And it's like, holy crap, this game is awesome. Like, this is yeah. so much better than the first one. And I get why people like the first one, because it was mm-hmm. it came first. But DuckTales 2 is a much better game. Like, it's got more functionality. It's got more stuff, a lot more hidden stuff. It's all, it, you can't walk three feet without, you know, <laughs> finding a hidden area somewhere or finding a hidden chest that you just happen to bump into or something like that. So, yeah, DuckTales 2, go play it. Heck yeah, man. I really like, you know, your ROM hack videos are some of my favorite stuff because I'm not big into the ROM hack scene and you're my window to that. You do such a good job of curating the cream of the crop in your in your videos. And I feel like a lot of it too is that I, I think we have a lot of the same interest in games. And I think that's, you know, you're, you're focusing on the ROM hacks that, you know, most people would would want to try the, the, main, um, the main franchises as the base, you know, your Marios and Metroids and stuff like that. But um, you know, as you go further with your part twos and part threes, I'm sure there'll be some some really interesting stuff pop out there. Like for for instance, already in this one, I was surprised to see a jackal too. I was like, what? That's cool. Too bad it's hard, but that's still awesome. So I love stuff like that. It's like a an alternate universe of of NES stuff that that's unconquered for me, and that's it's like a new frontier. So I love it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. An alt, alter, uh, parallel universe, alternate universe NES <laughs> yeah. where where the fans have you know the the say and the fans put out the content, which is. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but most of right. it is good. Right or, on, man. I should say most of the ones in the video are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to... I mean, maybe you could do a Ness, like, shit hacks and just show all the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's get to some emails. We have one here from Rudy who says, Hi, Trav and Alex. Hello. As usual, loved your latest podcast. Glad to see Alex back on YouTube after his self-imposed hiatus. Some questions. Are you interested in the next-gen consoles coming out? And, if so, were you successful in pre-ordering one? Also, just curious how Metroid Samus Returns is going for Alex. Did you finish it? Like to hear your thoughts on the game and its place in the Metroid library. Keep up the good work and hope you read my email. Well, we did. Rudy. Are you getting a... an X series, S series, or PS5? Those on um, your radar at all? 
No, no, I thought he was talking about the analog. Um, oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, uh, but if That'd I were to cool. get something new, I would, I would probably prefer one of the analog things uh, personally. But oh, sure. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not crazy. Uh, I, I don't have the fever for the for the next gen or the new gen stuff or whatever you want to call it these days. I, uh, I have so much, so much to play, and I just uh, there's there's doesn't seem like there's any. What do they call it? No killer apps. There's no like big time game that's going to come out with them that that makes me want to purchase it. I know for some people there there are, but for me, I just I don't see that there. And uh, I don't know. I'm not uh, not as excited about it. What I did do though, and this is something that I, I talk about a little bit more on my other podcast. But my my buddy Brian and I, we used to share custody of a PS4, and so we bought one, we we split it, and then it would just go back and forth whenever a, a game would come out we wanted to play, and I'd give it to him, he'd play it, and then he'd give it back to me. We shared a PSN account, and what I did was, he, since he wants the one of the new Xboxes. I just bought the PS4 from him. So now I have a whole new backlog of PS4 <laughs> stuff I want to get to, like Death Stranding I've not played and uh, Ghost of Tsushima I've not played, the new Last of Us. So I have my work cut out for me. So I'm more excited about getting a PS4 than, <laughs> um, than any of these next-gen things. Yeah, what about you? We're perpetually behind. That's that's the life of uh, being in the retro scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Pearl, my girlfriend Pearl is going to get a PS5, but we don't. I try and nag about pre-ordering and that's how it's how it's not good and don't do that and tisk tisk and all that sort of stuff because it gives companies the green light to put out shitty products before they're ready and that sort of thing. I don't want to get on my soapbox or anything like that but um <laughs> so no like pre- on it there for a minute. No pre-ordering for us but um we'll get it once it's out and it's available. Uh the PS5 in particular. I we I've never owned an X anything. Um, I don't even like X Pac the wrestler. No, that's not true. I think he's okay. But um, I like him as one two three kid as yeah, well. Yeah, well, <laughs> one two three kid <laughs> or six when he was in WCW. Oh yeah, when you when you did the math. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I just figured that out right now. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no PS Five for us. As far as the uh, Metroid Samus Trans, I actually got sidetracked because I got sucked into Mario Three D Land. And I have I've just been having a blast playing that and collecting star coins. Um, I've got every single uh, I finished the game. You know, pretty it's a pretty easy game, uh, even by Mario standards. But the special once you get the special worlds on the other on the other side of the of the game ending, that's mm-hmm. when it gets fun and it gets challenging. Um, and I've got everything lo- unlocked except for the last the very last level. Uh, Eight eight, and um, I think you need uh two hundred and ninety star coins. I think I've got like two hundred and eighty five at this point. Um, oh so wow, closing I, in. I still have to go back and find five more coins. I, I I just really like that game. I like it. It it does three D platforming so well. Um, where the camera is is kind of on rails and it follows you and um kind of nudges you along as to where to go. Instead of just like you control the camera to how you want it, it's like no, I, I don't like that. But uh, I I think it's a really well done game. I I will say that um I did put uh, like six or seven hours into Metroid uh, Samus Returns. Um I think it's fantastic. I think it, I like it. I already like it better than Metroid Fusion. Um I thought that game was a little too handholdy. I know that sounds kind of snobby because but I like games where it's like here you go, go do whatever. And you, you know, there is a, there is a method that you got to follow, but you got to figure out what it is. 
And right. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that about uh, Samus Returns. I love all the power-ups. I love, like, the sticky ball that allows you to explore even more stuff and, like, crawl on the ceiling and stuff like that. It's I, I, I really enjoy that so far. But I'm only about six hours in. I'm going to go back to it after I've unlocked this last uh, Mario world, so to speak. Cool. Well, it sounds like you're enjoying it, and that's uh, that's always good. Yeah, you were always you were good. asking me like, what are you doing, like a completist thing? I was like, no, I just like <laughs> I, I'm just really enjoying the <laughs> hell out of this game. Then we got another yeah. email here from Cross, who says, "Dear drunk friends, what's your least favorite Nintendo console, and why is it the N64?" Cheers, Cross. Wow, Cross, that's Cross that's sounding Cross, very Cross. Yeah. Oh, indeed. I. uh Man, I have a saw a really giant soft spot for the N sixty four. Actually, I, I and I get I get why people. I mean, the controller is you feel like you're holding the face of an elephant. You know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and I I get the fog, and I, you know, it doesn't it it doesn't hold up in a lot of ways. But I, I still like it. I still I have mo, I have two hundred and fifty four I think in sixty four games on the shelf. Building that collection, it's fun wow. to collect for. But also there there are some games on there that are fun. You've shown you've shown a few. Here lately, even with Forsaken and and Pilot Wings uh, sixty four, I wasn't aware that held up as well as as it, as it, you indicated that it did. So I don't know, man. I can't. I cannot say it's my least favorite. I would have to go. I'd have to be pretty predictable and say something like the Virtual Boy would probably my least favorite yeah. console, just because you know it 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 has to be. Well, technically, <laughs> that's handheld. Um, but what if you have the stand and you don't use your hands? <laughs> Then you just look like an idiot. But uh, that's true. It is. That's it is. Point. It is technically handheld, which is a pretty. Would you call the Switch a console? I guess it can go both ways, huh? I suppose so. Yeah, I would call it a console. Yeah. Um, Interesting. You're being pedantic, and I enjoy it. Oh, you know, I, 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 I don't know I'm, then. I'm just being difficult. <laughs> so what? What would yours be? Oh, it's to the, get the heat off of me for a second. Not. Not even close. Like yeah. Not um, even close, huh? Yeah. It's. It's light. It's. It's light speed bad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there there are some some games I like. I, I love Road Rash 64. It's brought me a lot of joy over the years. Um, there are always big laughs with that game. Um, some of the wrestling games on there, like uh, WCW NWO Revenge, uh, and uh, I know everybody raves about No Mercy, but I was I always preferred WrestleMania 2000 for my WWF game of choice. Um, I had a lot of fun right. with that one. There's some, you know, there are some games like Rush 2. I, we talked about this with Jason Heine, where yeah, yeah. the stunt course in Rush 2 is so ridiculous and weird and funny, and you're just driving around, like, flipping, you know, 99, 999 miles an hour, just going off these crazy jumps, and your car explodes for no reason. Like, that's fun. Like, I like screwing around on stuff like that. Um, yeah. But as far as, like, the, the quote-unquote classic games go, they've all been remade and remade in a better way on other uh, handhelds. I think with Ocarina of Time was it DS or 3DS? I don't remember. But um, yeah, that was on. Eh, it was on one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, and I, I would think that. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that was, that was pretty much it. I was just gonna say, yeah, like, Mario oh. 64 was b- probably better realized on DS, and you know, you could sure, go down, I, go on down the line. I think when when I think about like least favorite and like in terms of I cannot I can't separate my my nostalgia in terms of like favorite but even in terms of like legacy I think I think the Wii U is very similar in that regard in that 
it's it's a very narrow library. Yeah. And most of the stuff got remade on or put you know re released onto the Switch. And um, I don't know. I see I see a lot of similarities when you look at legacy between those two consoles. Sure. But I think the N sixty four way more memories for me. I've put more time into it. Anyway, even though I'm a Wii U defender, big fan of the Wii U, but. What are you gonna do? All right, so the N sixty four we're we're mixed we're a mixed bag here, and that's all right. No, it's not. Okay, we're we're gonna settle I do, this. I, I have a hard time. So I have a hard time with my N sixty four love. I I have I'm an N sixty four t shirt, and some around certain people, I'll <laughs> I'll put a hoodie over it. I'm like, I don't want. Like You'll cross the street and walk on the other side because. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get a wedgie. They'll just leave me hanging in a locker with my shirt over my head, and I'm like, uh, Have you guys yep. ever? play battle tanks pretty fun it's not bad so it's it's i, I know i i too a, a very difficult and very you know i should have better opinions i understand okay uh, we have a good guest coming up though and that's what we should be excited about All this this positive guest who probably also hates the n64 but he's, he's a pretty good guy so coming coming up next we have john riggs and he should be a stranger to any of you if you have your finger on the pulse of retro gaming youtube you know who he is he's been around for you know honestly not as long as i thought only about five years on youtube but you've seen him in other videos like on metal jesus's channel but he does you know repairs reviews unboxings he'll eat nasty cereal he'll, he'll do just about anything he's a fun guy he's been to all the gaming conventions and he was a great interview all right, and you're going to want to stick around for Riggs. Hey, everyone, and hey, John. Thanks for taking the time to hang out with us here on the Drunk Friend Podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, but I, first things first, I have to ask you, on the scale of 1 to 10, how sick of you are people calling you Riggs? Like Danny <laughs> Glover in, in Lethal Weapon. Oh, my Riggs. goodness. You know what's funny? Um, I mean, I'm from I'm from the generation. I'm class of '95, so I was there when the first mm. movie came out. But I didn't watch any of the Lethal Weapon movies until the third one came out. So I got okay. this. I got the reference all the time on the playground in elementary school, going through middle school. You know, just you know, my, my friends, people I didn't even know, Riggs. I'll be like, "Hi, how are you?" Um, I, I didn't get it until I watched *Lethal Weapon* three. I'm like, "That's why they used to call me by not just my last name because it is my last name, but that's why they called it, you know, use that emphasis on it." I suppose so. Yeah, was that the Rene Russo one? <laughs> you know, I could have been. It's it's been such a long time since I've seen any of them. <laughs> I guess the third one had Joe Pesci in it at least. Oh yeah, yeah. He was in three and four, I think. Right. And four right. was just a a, cl- a cluster bleep of well, you know of stuff. Um, you can swear on here, by the way. I don't know why I said bleep, but um, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. No, uh, for those that don't know, John is obviously very, very prolific on YouTube. Uh, he's one of my favorite channels, and my favorite thing Aww. about your channel is it's like a one-stop shop for everything gaming related. It's got new games, old games. You got repairs. You got hacking. So was this? You know what? Yeah. Was this your channel? Was this your idea from the beginning, or did you just like fly by the seat of your pants and it's like this would be good, this would be good? Like, how does that work for you? It's not even my idea now. I, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> half the time. No, you know, I just kind of go with the flow of whatever. Um, it's a hobby of mine first and foremost, and you know, so it just started out with I just threw everything up on the wall to see what stuck, so to speak. Sure. Um, so when I first started my channel, I was, I mean, I was showing off things like the, uh, you know, like speaking spells. And stuff like that, because I didn't have a clue what I was going to do, um, you know, with my channel moving into the future. But it, it wasn't until later on when I was looking at the analytics, like some people do with YouTube do, and that's when I realized, oh, okay, more people are actually clicking on and watching video game stuff. 
Um, so for the longest time, I just more used it as a placeholder for, hey, I made this new game hack. Uh, here's what it looks like. Huh, okay, there you go. Um, and that was kind of just the way things were going. I just used it as a placeholder for, you know, it was like, oh, hey, I, I heard you made this game hack. What does it look like? I just sent him the YouTube link or whatever. Um, so it just keeps, I mean, that's like with anything, it just keeps evolving into, you know, it was that for a while. And then when I wasn't really doing any game hacks for a while, I was like, well, I, I, I clean these, video I, mean, I go out hunting for video games and yard sales and stuff like that. I always have to clean them when I get home. Um, if they don't work, that's when I, you know, have to pull out the soldering iron and maybe swap something around or put in an extra wire or whatever it is. So I was like, you know, I do this all the time. I'll just hit record and see what happens. And then from there that, you know, trying to fix games, I never fix anything. I just clean them half the time. You know, but I <laughs> but that turned into the thing that people watched most. This, this throwaway video idea um, turned out to be the thing that you know people kind of knew me for and still know me for today, even though I don't do them nearly as often as I used to. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's it's really interesting. Um, you talking about all the different things that you did because I was going to point that out. I was going to say, man, you're all over the place. You, what you cover in your videos, like Alex pointed to, you do repairs, reviews of games, new hardware, old school and modern. You, you're you're a retro gamer at heart, but you, you throw some VR stuff on there every yeah, now and then. I love I love the VR. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. And if I had a focus, maybe I would have a million subscribers by now. But I don't have a focus because again, it's it's a hobby of mine. You know, it's uh, you know everyone else is along for the ride if they like, and I can see the way things go. Not everyone likes VR stuff, if, especially on my channel. I mean, VR content um, probably gets the least amount of clicks, um, even more so than like new breakfast cereal, you know, videos. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's always hard to tell, you know, what people are going to click on. But it's like, well, I mean, you know, some people will just watch those, and that's fine. And you know, some people will subscribe and only watch, you know, when I rank NES games or something. That's fine too. So just happy, you know, just happy to still be around. And again, I mean, YouTube's free; anybody can do it. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's what's so so endearing about your channel is that it is. It, it is you. It is not you trying to. I mean, I got to come up with more retro content, or I gotta, you know, I really got to go out of my way to make this certain type of video because that's what my channel is about. You just, you know, you do whatever John Riggs wants to do, and I think that's what keeps it upbeat and fresh. Um, but thinking about all those things that you've done, you know, even like opening, you know, sealed games, trying some really gross cereals just because they're, you know, they're Ninja Turtles <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> what is what is the thing that is your favorite thing to do for the channel? What are your favorite types of videos that you do? Well, I mean, I like doing the unboxing videos only because it gives me a chance to put my kids on camera also. Um, and the, as far as videos go and, you know, watch all the other YouTube stuff that, you know, nobody, unless you do YouTube videos, cares about. Um, those are fun because they're completely unpredictable. I never use a script. Um, I just hit record and just go for it. And um, and my kids like being on these videos. My kids have been on some of my other videos too in the past, but that kind of became a staple of okay, cool. You know, at least once a month, we'll do this. And my kids like it because you know when we were growing up, we wanted to be on the news, so we could call up <laughs> grandma and say, hey, grandma, turn on the news. I'm going to be on TV. But my kids don't watch TV. My kids watch YouTube. So um, it gives them <laughs> yeah. a chance to be part of this medium that you know that that they're into, and it gives them a chance to you know be be on the thing, be on the same thing along with. You know, their favorite guys, you know, they love Scott the Waz, they love Jacksepticeye, they love, uh, uh, you know, uh, Beta64, stuff like that. They watch a lot of the same channels I watch, too. Um, you know, but it turns out turns out fine for all of us. And I never know what it is. And then I, I just take that footage and say, okay, I'll try to edit this together in, <laughs> in some form. And my, my edits are always super simple anyway, but, I mean, it's, it gets the job done anyway. Yeah, and I was going to ask how you made the news so often as a kid. You got, uh, Were you an arsonist or something? <laughs> or <laughs> Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, I was going to say that's that sounds like uh, uh, I, the idea of having you know your kids on. That's something that they're going to be able to look back on fondly. You know, um, almost like uh, you know Christmas videos and stuff like that. Oh, only, sure. You know, you get to you get to share it with an audience, which is very cool. And you say you don't script anything. That's uh, I, I think that's why I'm drawn to your channel so much is because um, I script everything. <laughs> Because otherwise, I ramble. I, you know, I, I stutter. I go off on tangents. I start talking about the 1991 uh, Minnesota Twins or something like that. Um, and where, whereas I, I have to have like I even script like the ums and uhs and stuff like that. <laughs> wow. I'm I'm I, I'm a lunatic when it comes to that sort of thing because it makes me it helps me feel prepared. Sure. If you just and, and it's part of the reason why I started this podcast with Trav or wanted to was um it's like it gives me a chance to be unscripted but with you it's like no i, I don't want any of this to be script <laughs> right i'm gonna be I'm, I'm just gonna fly you know we're just gonna see what happens and that's really cool yeah fly by the seat of your pants it's what i've been doing it's I'm a, I'm a radio dj by day two so it's it's all i ever do i just you know i know what i'm gonna say or i know about what i'm gonna say i should say sometimes i will have bullet points um and you know sometimes i'll do a video where it's like, oh, this thing ha- like when I'm cap- like I'll capture the footage first if I'm doing a like an old school retro whatever it is or whatever video mm-hmm. I'm doing. Um, once I capture the footage, I was like, oh, cool! I got to mention this on that video, and of course I'll shoot it, film it, edit it, look at it, <laughs> you know, upload it and everything. And then later on, I'll be like, ah, I forgot to mention that one thing. Yeah, you know, and I can put it in the comments, I guess. But then it's also like that's ah, it's too late. It's already it's already in the yep. past. Mm-hmm. So um, there's yep. a lot of benefits to scripting, and I could script too. I love I love to write. I love writing. Um, it's just hard for me to write what I'm going to say as I'm going to say it. Like, you know, how I would say it, I suppose. Um, where yeah. know, writing something like in a book form or writing something in a blog form, you know, is different from the way I would actually say it out loud if I met you at exactly. a convention or something. So there's a lot sure. of benefits to scripting. So there's, yeah, don't feel, feel no shame in, in doing the script. That's, it's just one of those things I can't do because that's not how I, that's not how I work best, I suppose. Right on. Well, considering all the stuff that you do cover, uh, it seems like your go-to is the NES. It seems like that's what you're you're always going back to. Sure. Um, why is that, and why do you hate the Super Nintendo? <laughs> I love Super Nintendo. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no. just kidding. You know, it was um, that was this that was my favorite. It's my favorite system of all time. Again, I'm from I'm from the day, so it was you know I remember a time. You know, I, I grew up with the Atari 2600, um, and I remember mm-hmm. when the Nintendo uh, the, the Nintendo entertainment system, I guess, the NES, um, you know, first came out and I thought it was super cool. And I, you know, I played it for the very first time at a kiosk in our Yakima Mall in Yakima, Washington, where I'm from. And that was my first experience with the NES. And of course, I didn't get one until this was maybe two or three years later. And um, it was just the, I love the Atari and I love video games and go to the arcade all the time. But when the Nintendo came out, that was like, my okay, this is what I'm going to be known for. This is my thing. And, um, and I loved it. And it was kind of, you know, my biggest passion in video games at that time um, were this these, you know, was was Nintendo. And of course I got into the Genesis later than the Super Nintendo and even the TurboGrafx-16. I had one of those back in the day too. Um, wow. You know, but it all it all started with the NES and that was like my, you know, I'm, I'm the sixth of seven kids growing up in a big old household. So that was my, wow. that was my escape was my, you know, like we all played musical instruments yeah. too. My parents were both musicians. So we had that going on for mm. us, but it's like, okay, my, you know, my brother's playing the drums. My two sisters are doing whatever. My other brother's doing something. It's like, okay, cool. I can play my Nintendo at the time, you know, at the time I needed it most. And um, that was, that was kind of my escape and I, I loved it and I still love it today too. Still play it regularly. 
so if your parents tried to do a partridge family kind of thing, you're like, nope, I'm staying home playing <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. You know, I probably, I probably would have been okay with that, but you know, my dad was always working. I mean, he's cause he was a music teacher and he taught music lessons at a local music store. Oh, nice. Did all these, uh, did all these things like that. And, you know, played for weddings and funerals and bar gigs back when, you know, bars had live bands on weekends. Um, and my mom oh, could yeah. play too, but she was also just the all American mom who stayed home with the kids and helped, you know, raise all of us while the dad was out, you know, working, but you know, we, it was just one of those things that we grew up thinking. I grew up thinking everybody played a musical instrument. It wasn't until like I was in middle school where I was like, you didn't just choose one at not at birth, but you know, you didn't choose one when you're, you know, when you're old enough to make a decision. I mean, I, I thought everyone did. It was weird. <laughs> at least you chose right with the Nintendo. Alex and I, of course, spar a little bit over uh, the NES versus the Super NES, and we even had an episode uh, a couple back where we listed our top 13 NES games of all time. Um, according to us, of course. And so we got to ask you, what are some... Sure. Now, we know all the main Nintendo games. We know we know everyone likes the Metroids and the, and the Zeldas and the Marios. But what would you say are some NES games that uh, people should... That maybe don't know about aren't as popular? I won't, I won't use the term hidden gems here. But... Okay. <laughs> what, what are some that, uh, that you really like that you think a lot of people overlook? Spoken SEO, not saying hidden gems. The, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I have a couple of videos on my channel about this. Um, but I mean, the very first game I always think of is Princess Tomato in the Sal Kingdom, which not a whole lot of people know about. Um, it's one of my, it's my most. Uh, I, I there's a word for it. I forgot what that word is, but there's it's like my most passionate game of all time. It's not my favorite game of all time, but it's the one that holds uh, a true memory for me. I do like the game a lot. It's it plays like Shadowgate. It's just Shadowgate for vegans, as I've said. It's, just, it's <laughs> you know it's, it's a point and click adventure kind of game. Um, you know, but I but I love that one. And, and I you know there's every once in a while somebody on Twitter or something will be like, oh hey look you know check it out you know tag me in it. You know, I, I picked up your favorite game. I was like, oh, I love it. You know, Princess to Me on the Salad Kingdom. I mean, there's, there's a ton of them out there. I mean, there's, um, I mean, Fact Saturday always comes to mind almost immediately. Um, man, um, there's games like Ninja Crusader that never get enough love because everyone knows Ninja Gaiden and everyone knows, you know, the mm -hmm. other ones too. But, you know, Ninja Crusader, it's not, it's not the best game of all time, but it's just one of those games that, you know, not a lot of people know about. Um, ah, oh, man, there's so many of them. Um, uh, for some reason, I love the naming game. ones that we didn't name, which is which I think is is interesting. I have a passion for the game Time Lord by Milton Bradley, and it's just such a weird game. It's not really weird, but it's a game where you go through time and have to collect these orbs. But the orbs you have to get them by doing different things. Like they're not like you might just see it sitting there, but the, when you move towards it, it flies out of the way. So you have to like keep shooting at it so it doesn't move. And then another <laughs> one is you have to like do a certain thing, and the orb will come down, and um, you just go through different time. You know, <laughs> to go through different time errors. It's kind of a weird game. It's one of those games that no one really talks about. But man, I I love Time Lord, so that's another one. Uh, nice. <laughs> high on my list of more, maybe more of a guilty pleasure than than a hidden gem. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, far too many of them. I could I could list I could list them off. You know, one by one. <laughs> Be here all day for that. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So you do a couple videos per week. Um, how far in advance do you have ideas for your content, or are you just like like we were talking about earlier, are you just like like oh this this sounds good this sounds good I'll I'll do this like it kind of in the in, in the moment. Well, I um, recently I've been like ranking NES games based on the publisher. So it's like hey we're gonna look at every game from old Milton Bradley for instance we're gonna look at every game from um, Vic Tokai is coming up every every Nintendo game from SNK stuff like that um, and those type of videos I'll do usually about a month in advance. Like if I do one of those a week, 
um, I'll, I'll usually do those a month in advance only because it takes time to capture all the footage and then I do my part and then I have to edit it all together and that takes longer for editing for me um, along with my full-time job, along with my part-time job, along with having three children of my own. Um, that takes more time for me, but if I, if I do it all at once and just capture all the footage all at once, then do all my video part all at once and then do all the editing all at once, which I can usually do in a, in a Sunday afternoon, I suppose. Um, you know, I'll do those in advance, but for the most part, a lot of them, um, I'll just get like a product in the mail. He's like, hey, you know, do you want to check out this product? I was like, sure, I'll, I'll talk about anything that's, you know, kind of relately cool or whatever. Um, and as soon as I get it, I'll just do the video on it, just out of the box. And then it's like, oh, here it is, and let's check out this feature, let's check out that feature. I chop out all the stuff that sucks. <laughs> and, and, then I'll, and then I'll upload it, and then I'll upload it. And, you know, so oftentimes I've had ideas for videos um, that are always kind of like in the back of my mind, but it's like I haven't really done them yet. But, you know, when, when time presents itself, it's like, oh, sure, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll go for it. But, yeah, for the most part, it's just, you know, whatever I happen to see or whatever I happen to, um, you know, like somebody sent me a Nintendo Switch controller the other day. I was like, okay, cool, I can talk about that. And it gives me a chance to talk about some, you know, recent digital Switch games that I picked up recently. You know, so I, can, Ooh, okay. so I put all those in a video. And that'll be, a, that'll be one I'll probably do, you know. It, it actually might be posted by the time this is posted, but... You know, it's just something oh, wow. that I don't. I don't really have. Don't really have a whole lot of ideas in my back pocket. It's just you know, whatever sounds cool at the moment. I was like, oh, cool, I could do a video on that really quick, and then I do it. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Trav over here is is scheduled through like Thanksgiving. I think he said. Yeah, nice. but I, and I'm a video a week guy. I'm not out here crushing it like you two. Two a week? Are you kidding me? You guys are psychopaths. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I I tell myself two a week. Sometimes it's three a week, um, but I can do at least two a week. Just because I know. I mean, there's there's sometimes it seems like I'm doing one a day if it's if I can turn them around quickly. Because again, my my video editing is super simple. Um, I for my day job I record like local radio commercials all day, which is just I do my voice, add some music to it, chop out all the ums and ahs and, ahs and breaths and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and there you go. So my video editing is very similar. Whereas it's like it's you know super quick for me. I'm able to pump them out uh, as, as quick as I can, and I like to give myself that buffer. I mean, like doing them and having videos ready to go in a month in advance, um, super smart, because if something comes up, your computer breaks, your um, you know family emergency or something like that, and you don't have, I mean, there's people I know that have zero videos in the can, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So if something happens and something comes up and they're out of action, then that means that they're out of action until they make another video, you know, unless they go live on their phone or something like that, just to <laughs> fill, fill in the void, which I totally have done in the past. Um, you know, it, it's nice, nice to have at least some in the future, especially if, like, one of the best things about doing, you know, retro gaming um, YouTube videos is it's evergreen. It'll last forever. So whether you do it today, yes, tomorrow, right. next week, next year, it's the same information. There's no new information, you know, unless it's like a, you know, they, they discovered a, you know, like a new prototype or something that hasn't been dumped yet or something like that, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a benefit to doing retro stuff it's not getting all the hits that switch games do or anything like that but you know um i'm also people don't go to my channel i love the nintendo switch i love talking and i'm a huge indie gamer so you know most of my switch content is all based on the indie games that are available for it all the digital stuff um anyone can talk about the marios and like you said the marios and the zeldas and all that and there's there's a benefit to that too um but again that's not me you know people come to my channel because you know maybe they want the stuff that no one else is talking about i don't know yeah, and, exactly. And in talking about what you're doing, uh, you kind of set up a good segue. I wanted to ask, you know, you've, you've been on YouTube around five years, I guess, at this point, it seems. Right. What, what would you go back and, and what was what is some advice you would go back and give yourself five years ago about getting into the YouTube game? 
You know, I um, <laughs> I mean, the, the advice five years ago could be my advice now, which is just, you know, like have a focus and stick to it, you know, and, and be consistent. Um, when I first started, it was, I, it's it's still a hobby to me and I still, I still treat it like a hobby. Um, but when I first started, I would just do a video every once in a while, once a month, maybe every other week, you know, maybe sometimes a couple of, couple of times a week, maybe sometimes a couple of times in the same day, just whatever. Um, yeah, going back, I would have definitely had more of a battle plan for, you know, like at least do one video, you know, like one video once a week at the same time every week. And I would have started with that and then, um, and then went from there just to build that consistency and that momentum. Um, right. Because when I, when I first started, I didn't really have a battle plan, but when I first started, you know, it's funny. Um, I had a friend of mine and he was my first friend that ever said like, Oh, I, um, I, I dropped cable. I just watch YouTube all the time. I'm like, you watch YouTube for like what shows? never heard of that. I always use YouTube to look up old wrestling clips and, you know, headbangers ball <laughs> MTV music videos. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't really use it for anything else. You know, I didn't realize people were like making up their own, you know, their own shows in their basement or garage or whatever. Um, but he did. And, um, and he was like, Oh dude, you got to You got to start a YouTube channel. And people, you know, like retro's big. There's this, there's this, you know, this angry video game nerd guy on there. Uh, you got to do it, man. People are going to love it. It's like, nah. And I kept on putting them off and putting them off. And he told me this back in like, Good Lord. Uh, he told me this back in 2007, 2008, somewhere like mm. that. And he's like, dude, you got to have a YouTube channel. People are going to love it. I was like, I, I don't watch YouTube for that. It's not for me. But had I have, you know, who knows where I'd be by now. Um, right. <laughs> if I started back then. Yeah, um, you know, it, I still didn't, still didn't even have a battle plan on even making a YouTube video until I started being on Metal Jesus channel. Because um, we're friends anyway. He was the one who invited me on his channel. And uh, it's funny, you watch back, not that you will, but if you look back on my first few videos with him, um, I never promoted my YouTube channel because I didn't have one at the time. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'll, I'll come on your channel. You do all the editing. I don't care. Um, and he was, the one, <laughs> he was the one who was like, dude, you should, you should have your own YouTube channel. You have all this other stuff going on. So people, I think people would like it. And I was like, oh, all right, well, you know, if, if you think so, it's, you know, I'll set one up. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I thought that was interesting because I, I went to look back because I was like, man, I bet John's been around a while. You know, he's been on Metal Jesus and you, d you just seem like a guy that's been around forever. I feel like I've for as long as I've been interested yeah. in, in YouTube and retro. It just I just look like, like I've been around, been around. forever. Yeah. It seems like it, but I, I was like only five years ago. Like I was going to ask if you purged like really old videos from your channel for some reason, but yeah, it's in in the grand scheme of things, it's weird to say this now. But five years ago is kind of a young channel. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, anyone can start whenever. There are some of the older videos that um, that I, that I have purged, like some of the older videos um, where I just I just didn't have the lighting or it just looked weird. Um, like I have since deleted some of those videos and then remade them later. Like nothing recently, but like as of maybe, uh, it could have been like three years ago. Mm. I had some of the older videos where I was just like, ah, oh, you know what? I can I can do that video. Like I like I like that video and I I want I do I want to do that. I just don't want that to, to be the, you know, I just don't want that to be the video that people find. So right, there right. there have been a few times where I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna um, like I had these I love these Korean bootleg um, Famicom carts. So, you know, I would delete the old ones and then just, you know, make new ones. So there was a couple of those. But, yeah, no, I've been around since, um, yeah, it's been November of uh, 2014, I think. So it's, I think it's coming up on six years here pretty soon, now that I think about it. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's so old enough to go to kindergarten, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, That's right. I want to... 
I wanted to ask in your repair vids, um, I, I really admire what you do because you're just trying whatever you're, you say many times, like, I'm not a professional, I'm not the be-all, end-all, and all this stuff. I'm <laughs> right. just trying whatever and see, seeing what works and what doesn't. Sure. What would you say, you know, you're, you're obviously well-schooled, though, with dealing with these old cartridges. What would you say is the most important thing that people should know in general when it comes to maintaining old games? It's just cleaning them. That's all it is. I mean, so so much of it is just and cleaning it. Just rubbing alcohol on a Q-tip is is perfect. I know I use these one-up cards all the time. Um, I always say that they're not sponsored or endorsed because they're not. Um, they never get me any money. In fact, I've given them a lot of money <laughs> for, <laughs> for using these one-up cards. Uh, they they have, right. they they have gifted me. I sh- and I should say in full disclosure, they have gifted me some one-up cards in the past. Um, nice. But you know, but the uh, you know. Which are fine, but anyway, just yeah, just uh, rubbing alcohol and a Q-tip I think works best for anything. Um, you know, recent reports, you know, they're definitely finding out that you know Brasso, which may work up front, um, may not be good for long term. I um, know I've never had it. I've never had a game not work because I've used Brasso on it, but I've also never used Brasso more than once on any of my older stuff anyway. Um, and I and since then I've you know gone away from that too but the other thing with youtube as well um, it's been great uh at least for me especially for me is i'll do these repair videos and I, I even post the ones where i don't get it working because the people in the comments are way smarter than i'll ever be because the people and, I, I, and, I, and like you said i say that too it's like i don't have a technical background i don't have an electronics engineering degree sometimes the people in the youtube comments do so they're the ones who maybe they don't have a YouTube video for whatever reason, um, but they're like, oh, you gotta try this and you gotta try that. And sometimes they're way more technical than I'll ever be. I was like, oh, you gotta, you gotta solder a wire to the A69 to the V2. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Man, I just, I, I'm good with puzzles. I know how stuff works. Like when I, when I make repros and stuff like that, I'm just like, and that's when I started my repro videos, where it's just like all the documentation mm. online was all built for someone that's all tech based. And so I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't understand that at all, but I know what I'm, I know how to make them. So I'll just do it in my own layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> and show you what I do along the way, and hopefully that works out pretty well. And so far, it kind of has, or it, it did for it did for a while anyway. Um, but yeah, I hear that, folks. Clean your clean your carts. I'm sick of going to these used game shops and looking at the pins and and just re, just turning my head in disgust, yeah. holding back vomit. Like, come on, people, clean clean your carts, will you? Yeah, there's some clean the pins. There's some cards that have been like you know like water damaged and all that, and um, I mean I've never found any yeah. never found any bugs yet. Not in not in cartridges. In, oh, in, in yeah. consoles for sure. In consoles, I have. Um, I was gonna ask if you had any horror stories, but I guess uh, yeah, nothing. Not un- really. Unfortunately, not um, nothing I can think of. Just outside of I mean, sometimes water damage is just uh, just the worst, but. It just looks really bad. Have you heard any from like uh, the people at Pink Gorilla or anything like that? What's what's the worst you've heard from there? You know, well, definitely um, like the cockroaches, like like you know bugs living inside. You know, and again, that's mostly um, mostly consoles, only because those that's what gets heat like heated up. You know, the the warmth of the system and everything, they find a nice place to be, and then unfortunately, it kind of torches them, kind of (laughs) kind of cooks them. So that's never that's never a good look. Mm. Um, I've never I've never had any drugs found inside cartridges. Unfortunately, I've never had any <laughs> you know any any hidden hidden random things. Um, I mean, I found that some things that were kind of interesting. Like it would be like an, an official like wiring job. Like if something didn't quite work, they would have to wire like an extra resistor or something between two pins on a ROM. Um, but done not, but not done from like you or I. Like done from the actual you know headquarters or something so i was like oh I, i've never seen that before but i guess it's it happens every hmm. once in a while or something somebody told me so i'm going by what they're saying 
Um, I, I, I wish I had some better horror stories, but I mean, there have been times where I'd, there was one that had it was corroded. It had I forgot what happened to it, but man, it was just like there was a, a layer of it was a, it, it may have, if I left it there for another fifty years, it could have turned into barnacles or something. I mean, it was really really bad. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but I did that live. Um, we have our Portland Retro Gaming Expo every year. And I was like, you know what? Um, the the the, uh, the coordinators, the head guys, were just like, could you do a panel where you do that, like where you do the open cart surgery stuff? Because that's what people know you for, which was kind of true at the time. I was like, I could try doing it live and see what happens. But man, I mean, there's sometimes I don't get anything to work. And one of the games I had, well, I think it was like Home Alone Two for the Super Nintendo, and it was it looked like that. Oof. But yeah, sure enough, I just I cleaned it off and it popped it in and it, it fired right up. So I was like, man, that's I'm hmm. glad it did. <laughs> <laughs> You, that's some pressure right there dang it is it's um it took me it was the the panel was about an hour long and it took me about half an hour before i got my first game working um I, but i just Oof. i just drove in with all my all my materials and i had a couple of friends on the stage with me too to help me out too um you know just kinda, just to kind of hang out and you know hard hard to you know take questions from the audience when i'm you know looking over my glasses to get a better view of the whatever i'm soldering into place or something like that <laughs> But the audience seemed to, the audience seemed to like it. I mean, I did the, I did the same thing too. Um, open cart surgery live. I did that at the Missouri CameCon in St. Louis, Missouri, a couple years ago. Um, I was uh, the panel was like forty five minutes to an hour long, and I got exactly zero games working, and I felt like the biggest oh. chump ever. Um, but again, <laughs> the audience seemed to like it too. The audience was like, "Oh no, you're good. We just we're just hanging out because this is it's fun to watch." I was like, "Man, for you maybe, but <laughs> being, being on my side of the table, not so much feeling the pressure anyway." But you know, we may, we we made it work all the same man that's that's like a that's like a stand-up uh, routine and like nobody laughing or something that, that just seems like i could just i almost started flop sweating when you were just talking about that like that would be oh. hard to endure yeah it's it's rough but it's also you know like you know i'm just i'm just some dude you know i'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here all weekend so <laughs> <laughs> it's also out of your control too i mean it's like those games could have been you know who knows what it, what had happened to them it's not like you're you know oh sure getting the, cream well, of the crop I was also under like a the, uh, strict time constraint because someone else was coming up right after me too. And in, in my like in Portland, it was probably like Ben Heck or someone who was like you know way better at anything I could ever do. <laughs> I was like, I'll let I'll let I'll let Ben Heck take care of all this. Uh, yeah, it turned out all right. It was just it was, it was more for more for fun. But after after that one where I got zero games working, I was like, you know what? I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna do that ever again. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 go back to my my go to, which is um, to to hack a video game live. And that usually works out pretty well because I get like audience suggestions of like, you know, okay, Super Mario throws uh, fireballs. What should he throw? A cat's head. Okay, let's <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna change a fireball too. So he's throwing cat heads and he's on stilts. <laughs> I, it's, it's something new every time. It makes it pretty fun. Oh, that's great. And then usually if if time allows, usually at the end um then i'll put that onto a flashboard and actually give that away as like a contest prize where it's like okay you you can actually play the game now and (laughs) and here you go on a physical very nice little souvenir anyway that's really that's really interesting and i I was already going to ask you about conventions so this is a good segue and then unfortunately conventions not a thing uh here in 2020 but you do seem to go to quite a few and i think i've spotted you at a couple because you're like seven feet tall and you're usually dressed (laughs) as usually cosplaying something so you know what are some of your favorite conventions what what are some of the your favorite ones from the past and what are some that you're most excited to get back to uh once we can sure um i I've loved every one of them that I've attended because they're all different. I'm from the Northwest, so I'm used to the Northwest conventions, which is nice. We we average, or used to average, something about every month, maybe every other month, whether it be like the Seattle Retro Gaming, at least in the Northwest. So like the Seattle Retro Gaming Expo in summer, uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo in fall. There's the Vancouver Retro Gaming Expo. Um, that's up in Canada, just across the border. Um, but then we have other like Comic-Cons and 
other things and little trade nights, swap meets and stuff like that too that all kind of supplement. Um, it wasn't until I started actually traveling outside where I would go to um, like uh, Mo Game Con, Missouri Game Con, St. Louis. Um, love that one. A lot of love for that one. It's a smaller show. It's like it takes place in like the uh, the last one that took place. Uh, it was just inside the uh, the the basketball court, the, the gym of the local like community college. Uh, but it was great because it's the only thing happening in the Midwest as far as conventions. So you get people traveling from all over, and um, it was cool because I was like, you know, kid in the candy store, and there was things on the floor too. D- different regions have different stuff too. So I know I know all the Northwest guys and what they have. And you're always going to see a line of Super Nintendo games, and you might see some, you know, Genesis games and stuff like that too. But it was cool to see like stuff just sitting there that wouldn't last two seconds in the Northwest. I mean, like, you know, like all these great Sega Saturn games <laughs> that were just sitting there and, um, oh. you know, Game On Game on Expo in Phoenix was the same way too. It was like, man, there's all these great like DS games, 3DS games um, that everyone else is like, oh, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. But it's like, this, it's all new to me. I mean, this is <laughs> the stuff that's been picked over probably for the last few, uh, few years in a row. Um, you know, new for me too. So um, that one's a fun one. It's always, it's in Phoenix in the summer. So it's always like, you know, 100 degrees. Last time I was there was 108, I think. Um, Nice. Not fun. Um, It it gave me a chance to go to the East Coast for the first time, too. You know, there was um, a video game con in New Jersey. At least the the last time I went to was in New Jersey. Um, And it was cool because I've never been to New Jersey. So it gave me a chance to try. And I'm a huge regional foodie, too. You don't don't have my body type by not eating all this random (laughs) stuff all the time. (laughs) So so it gave me a chance to go to to a New Jersey diner. It gave me a chance to go to... uh, uh, Carvel's ice cream place. I've never heard of Fudgy the Whale or Cookie Puss and all that, which was, you know, Pat, Pat the NES Punk was like, oh my god, you've never been to Carvel's, you gotta go there. Um, it gave me a chance to, um, you know, and try whatever the regional food is. Like, my first time ever hearing about pork roll, Taylor ham, depending on which north or south of New Jersey, um, you know, whatever they want to call it, and, um, you know, uh, Too Many Games was great too. Too Many Games was the only convention I've been to uh, that had a wrestling ring, because they do cosplay wrestling. Which was like, man, that's like the, the best the best of every world. I'm at a video game convention, and there's pro wrestling, and they're all in cosplay. This is great. It's the best thing ever. Um, and it gave me a chance again go to go to Philly, actually try a legit Philly cheesesteak, not what you know what the locals might call a cheesesteak. That's like you know get get the actual thing and all that too. So it's fun, it's fun just to travel around, and I, I love to travel anyway. And uh, just gives me a chance to go out there, and it gives you a chance to hang out with people, like even other content creators on the East Coast. It's no secret, it's no surprise that most conventions will book for guests um, the people who are going to be there anyway. You know, Portland, Seattle, I'm going to be there anyway because I can just drive right in. You know, so right. and it gives me a chance to, and they do the same things in other other areas. So when I go to you know, say the East Coast, when I go to Philadelphia, you know, I'm able to like of the other people who I see all the time. You know, I see you know Spawn Wave and. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's too many of them off the top of my head. Um, it's like, oh my god, here they are, just right, right here. You know, because they, they would be there anyway. So here's me coming in. You know, it gives me the chance to do that, and it gives me a chance to talk to the people I, you know, t- chat with online all the time, where I don't get a chance to. We don't, don't just hang out. I'm in Yakima, Washington. It's, you know, it's not Seattle. Some people think I live in Seattle. I'm like, I am, I'm a two-hour drive away from Seattle with its own little airport. Mm-hmm. So it's. You know, sometimes I'll get a message from someone saying, hey, I happen to be in Seattle this weekend. We should meet up. I was like, I am a long ways away from Seattle. <laughs> but we do not live in the same house, as must, as many people think. Right on. So, believe it or not, I have not been to a convention. I'm not uh, that outgoing, I guess you could say. Sure. <laughs> I, 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 I was part of the Uplink virtual convention. I think you were, too. Right. I uh, was. Along, That's right. Along with Metal Jesus and uh, mm-hmm. of many other uh, luminaries. 
And sure. so if you had to make like a checklist for a noob like me for things to do at a con, uh, what would you put on it? You know, it's funny. Everyone's different. Um, some people, I would say, for the most part, people go for the deals. They want to they shop. They want to buy things. They want to see it live. Um, but there are some people who go. I have a friend of mine uh, in the Seattle area. Um, he goes specifically for the gaming competitions because there's always like a gaming tournament of sure. some kind. So he goes there and you know, goes for the prizes. I usually like they peek over the shoulder. It's cool seeing in Portland, it's like watching the Tetris players play in that Tetris World Championship, which is amazing because it's just <laughs> hypnotizing how they play. Um, you know, but uh, it just absolutely just um, just to walk the floor, talk to the vendors. Um, I mean, the vendors always you know cool to chat with about whatever, depending on what they have. And my thing is always, um, if you see something you can't live without, and it's already a great deal, go ahead and grab it because someone else might. Um, the people who show up super early and get the VIP pass, they're already going to get you know the best stuff anyway. Um, but if you're just looking for random stuff, which is great, um, definitely walk the floor a couple of times and then walk the floor in reverse. Because you might see something on the other side of the table that maybe you missed by, you know, walking around or you're too busy looking at this weird statue over here when on the other side, you know, was this awesome pile of games on the floor that was kind of, you know, tucked underneath the, the thing. Sometimes a uh, box of games on the floor, you'll find the best deals anyway, like the you know, oh. dollar each and stuff like that. Um, it's just, it's fun to look around and it's just fun to, fun to be there. Right and, on. Um, just being there in general and you know that you're there with, you know, like-minded individuals and, um, and, and like you too, where it's just like, you know, you may not be the most outgoing person. And we see a lot of those at conventions. One of the great things about video games is video games don't discriminate. You can be, you know, any size, any color, any race, any gender. Um, you know, it's just that they're, we're all, we're all in the same boat. We're all playing video games. Right <laughs> that's on. What, that's, that's, that's very well put. That's all about. Yeah. yeah. It makes some good points. A couple, uh, the one about walking the floor in reverse is something that I, I should really, I should stamp that somewhere permanently on my body. I think people call that a tattoo. I should tattoo that somewhere on my body because <laughs> I, I do often, I'll, I'll see a table with some good deals and then I'll walk off thinking about that deal, but not actually looking at the things I'm walking past. And then a couple hours later, right. I'll walk back through and be like, where was that? I was right here a minute ago and didn't even see this but it was because my mind was like, do we have the money to buy that stupid game that you want for your collection? And I, I was, wasn't processing yeah. <laughs> what I was looking at. So multiple times and, and yeah. in the opposite direction. That's very, very good. And also, I want to point out, like, I've only ever been to a couple as well. I went to too many games. And I think that's where I might have seen you um, walking around. I think you were you were Robotnik that oh. year. And, I was. That yeah. Was me. And, yep. uh, but I've also been to MAGFest, which I've talked to Alex uh, about in the past, oh, too. Right. And I, you make a good point in that it, those are – and I've not been to, like – I've not been to uh, Comic-Con or anything that's that's renowned for its enormity and, and all of that. But there's something about the vibes of those things where it does feel like it's very freeing. People are not afraid to be themselves in these places. You know, the, co- the cosplay right. is one indication of that. You'll see people – finally able to to put on that outfit that they've been working on for months and wear it around people that are actually going to appreciate it and nerds wearing that nerd shirt they've been in the it department for months now wearing their button-up their stiff button-up shirts now they're going to they're going to wear that pikachu t-shirt out and and let it just you know it's they've outgrown it but it still looks good on them they're happy to be wearing it (laughs) and i think that's what's great about those conventions is that i i soak that in i love that energy of people like you know everyone's kind of exhaling finally at these things that they can be themselves and be entrenched in gaming so um that would be you know that's not really yeah. advice to you alex but it's definitely maybe it's something that might uh relieve some relieve some of your introversion i don't know if it does or not but it's it's definitely uh a, an awakening a, for me it's a great place to let your freak flag fly it's just um and you'll run into other people and you can and you can kind of usually see the introverts too because sometimes i'll see them from a distance 
and then they'll kind of ease their way. It reminds me, I used to work at a video store, and we had one of the few video stores in my town that had the porn selection. <laughs> and to see the people kind of slowly creep through, and they're, they're, they're hovering over the special interests, like National Geographic section, which led into the porn section. And I was like, that person's not that interested in watching, uh, <laughs> in watching the special interest stuff that long. He's working up the courage uh, to walk that hallway to get to, to, to where he needs to go, and that's fine. Um, and that's great. And um, and again, I have I have a son with autism, and I uh, I do a lot of volunteer work uh, with autistic uh, autistic people in my town too. So I see a lot of that too. And it's just all about the you know the approach, and they'll come to you when they're ready. And um, you know, and or sometimes you know, it's sometimes it's best just you know bring a friend, you know, bring a um, you know kind of the show up with a friend and bring a friend along. And every once in a while, you'll you might end up in another group of other people just like you who um, you know maybe they all kind of hovered around someone, and they get more people. They're like, hey, we're going over to uh, you know this restaurant you should join us and everything and then you can you know you, you spark new friendships that way you meet new people that way um i've met a ton of people through um you know it's funny i, I meet them i meet them later on facebook for instance like i'll go to a convention and they'll be like oh hey we uh you know i was, I was part of this thing and then we'll you know friend request each other on facebook or something like that and then the more we talk through facebook through you know without the barrier of actually having to look at someone in their face um then we can become great friends. I was like, man, I wish I knew you then the way I know you now. I mean, kind of thing because <laughs> it's you know, it makes you makes you want to go back to that convention again later on. That way you can you know meet up again and you know go through all the all the same motions again. You know, some of my happiest memories recently are at video game conventions. It's great. Yeah, and I think we we asked uh, Dan of Console Wars, or he he brought this up too. And it seems like people, you know, you're pretty renowned. Uh, Alex, of course, is pretty renowned, but his face isn't as noticeable as say yours or or Dan's. And I think people when they see you know someone like you who they recognize they immediately think oh if they recognize you then you're you're busy at this con you you're you're on a man on a mission doing something else when i think in reality you're very receptive to talking to people who know who you are so i think dispelling that whole like don't be don't be afraid to say hi or, or whatever is is a big deal because i oh, think absolutely. a lot of people get you know really hesitant and they're like oh man you know but you're, yeah. you're just a guy that just happened to turn on his camera a couple times and 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 got kind of popular is. so it's it's not as big of a deal as people seem to make it out to be I'm just a fan, like everyone else. Like I said, I, I would I would be waiting in line with everyone else if I wasn't, you know, at a, at a table already, you know, with uh, some other uh, guests. Um, it's one of the nice things. I mean, there is kind of a green room. Most conventions will have it, and that's where you know other content creators will take a little break, you know, just from just to uh, you know be by them be by themselves. And some people who are you know much more renowned than I am, um, it's fun. It's probably not so fun to him, but it's fun watching. It's fun for me watching Metal Jesus at like the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Again, we've been here a long, a long time, and he's from the Northwest too. So he's, you know, people already kind of know him, but people who are coming into Portland for the first time will stop him every three steps and want to get a picture with him and say hi to him and ask him about his favorite PC game or, or something like that. And he's happy to do it because he's on the floor. If he didn't want to be part of that, then he would be behind the scenes. You know, right. not doing that, and that's why sometimes they'll go maybe maybe do shopping after hours. You know, after everyone else has already packed, already picked through stuff, then maybe he'll go around and you know other people might hold something for him for later. Um, but no, but you're right. I mean, we're we're there to be. I mean, that's that's why we're there. It's why we're why we're there to you know to be known or you know to attend at least the panel. You know, there's always the guaranteed viewing um, at the panel. And that, the other hard part too is I love craft beer. I love regional food. Some people know that, so I'll show up at a convention and they'll be like, "Oh, dude, uh, we gotta go grab a drink. We gotta go grab a drink." I was like, "Man, I'd love to, but that's also gonna be like, 
like alcohol poisoning <laughs> by, the time, by the time i accept everyone's drinks it's like well just you know that's what i know like, oh we're going over to this place come with us you know <laughs> we can hang out there we can we can chat more um and that's one of the fun things about conventions for me is i love the conventions it gives us all uh makes us all get together and be in the same place all at the same time and other content creators too um yeah people i look up you know people i looked up to as well um, but my funnest memories about conventions are everything that happens after the convention. You know, it's, it's just the, the, the hanging out with people afterwards or, you know, going to grab a quick, quick drink or quick, uh, you know, quick bite to eat somewhere, you know, in the, in the area anyway. Yeah, I definitely have, uh, personally speaking, I, I have MAGFest on my on my radar. I really oh, want to go to that. And it's just for the arcade I've heard so much about that's got 80 gazillion games. And <laughs> I, ju- I just want to walk around and see... So you know some of these crazy ass uh, Data East games, or sure. uh, so just just the weirdest cabinet I could find, just so I could just gawk at it. Um, yeah, Mag Magfest is one I've never been to, only because I've never been for that one. Like like with E three, I'd have to fly there myself. Other conventions. Mm-hmm. To be a guest, for the most part, I don't get any cash up front. I don't get first class, you know, airplane seats. It's like you know, if you, like we'll we'll fly you in coach. We'll put you up in a hotel with maybe some other content creators. Um, but you can hang out. I was like, and that's good enough for me. Like I would, you know, I'd be there anyway. Um, so Magfest is one I absolutely want to attend. I've I've heard so many good things about it, um, and I love video game music too. I love video game cover bands and all that. So it's right up my absolutely. alley. Um, yeah, it's it, it's the type of convention that wouldn't invite me as a guest. Now I mean, Kelsey's been there, but that's because she's also part of the Video Game History Foundation. Um, but I would like if that one opened up. That's when I that's high on my list of places uh, on conventions I'd like I'd love to attend. Same. So, Travis, should we move on to some uh, listener questions here? We should. Let's do it. Uh-oh. Should I get another drink for this? We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) The first one here is from Travis. I don't know if... Travis, did you write this one? (laughs) No, I I did not. I don't. You you mean there's more than one Travis in the world? There might be a couple. Too many Travises. This is kind of a weird... Kind of an interesting question. It says, with the looming threat of incomplete or needs multiple patches or digital games disappearing when the servers and networks go dark, will the simpler 32-bit and less retro scene still be moved away from or will it get a second renaissance? Essentially, what he's asking is, will the hot, quote-unquote, retro systems keep going past GameCube and Dreamcast and embarrass the ps3 and 360 libraries of defunct and inaccessible and lost games or will people look to the minis and classics for entertainment on the thriftier side you know it's a good question and um man i wish i i wish i had the the, the all knowledge answer <laughs> i'm seeing so much more of these retro stuff even going to modern consoles you know and we're seeing that now with um with scott pilgrim finally 10 years later you know beginning a getting a new update, a new release. I have it sure. still digitally on my PlayStation 3. Um, probably lucky for me, I had children during my PlayStation 3 era, so I was like, I can't just make it to the store. I'll just download the game here. And you know, I, and that was during a time where I didn't even consider games wouldn't be available digitally. Because I, yeah. I, I also keep I keep all my old consoles, so if I want to play a PlayStation 3 game, oftentimes I just plug in my PlayStation 3 <laughs> and, and play it. Um, but I'm, I'm seeing even more and more like just you know NES style games or just NES games in general or Super Nintendo or whatever. Um, just you know going to the Switch as it's another platform for uh, people to check these games out. And there's always going to be the Raspberry Pis, the emulators, and all that too. Um, it's man, it's 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 hard to say, and I don't know if it's going to be the demise. It might be the demise of you know something like a GameStop uh, in the future for sure. Um, 
but it's I mean it's only only the future knows especially with these new consoles you know it gives you the option of like do you want the digital version or do you want the disc version um, you know it's hard to say one way or another especially with you know PlayStation 5 you know you can get the digital version but it's backwards compatible which means you know all my PlayStation 4 discs won't work in it I had the play my PlayStation 4 digital games probably will right um, you would hope so yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, and something like um, Xbox. I was looking at the X, and I was actually thinking about getting the Xbox Series S, only because mm-hmm. I have an X. I have an Xbox One, just the original one I got a long time ago uh, in a trade of all things. Um, but most of my games on it are are all digital anyway. So you know, you get the Xbox One S, you get Game Pass, and then you don't even need to buy, or you know, you don't need to buy digital games or physical games because all the games you need are already on Game Pass, and you just play whatever's there. And then when they're when they're not there, they're not there anymore. But I also think back to all those great, uh, you know, Wii Virtual Console games. I probably, you know, dropped, you know, five hundred dollars in just, you know, <laughs> like five hundred dollars, five dollars at a time on Virtual Console games uh, for the Wii, just because it was convenient. You know, I have Castlevania Four. I have, um, you know, I have Mario Kart. But hey, the convenience on the Wii. I don't have to plug in my Super Nintendo or Nintendo sixty four. I'll just, I'll just buy it again for five bucks. Um, and then some other games too that just they don't exist anymore. So I, I feel bad for those. Uh, you know, not just not just the the fact that people won't have a chance to play it. I also feel bad for the, you know, the people who made the game. People, you know, the creators on of the games. it, right? Oh my god, yeah, because it's like that's that's money they don't have anymore, and that's you can get you know limited run games or someone to okay a physical release mm-hmm. on it, and that way it just you know they have something on their shelf. It's, um, man, it's it's, it's got to suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> on both sides, Trev, you got any thoughts on this? Um, kind of like, I don't think that, um, I, I don't think we can underestimate the power of nostalgia. So I think anyone who grew up with those consoles will find a way to play what they want in some way or another. Uh, I just think, I think what will, you know, where we tend to collect everything because it's, it's kind of easy to do that. And that's our method of discovery for a lot of old stuff. I don't think that they'll be doing that as much. I think they'll, people who are interested in, you know, that, that era when it becomes retro will be very narrow in what they what they enjoy i don't think they're going to go outside of the box they're going to probably enjoy and collect if they want to um what they're familiar with and that's basically it i think the collector mentality is something that us old school folks are are just primed for for some reason because we were so attached to the physical media whereas you know the digital age kids may not have that itch so we'll see it uh, it'll be interesting i think it'll be around but not not to the degree that we enjoy it it's hard to say i mean my um i have a 15 year old who would uh, a couple of months ago, I was like, man, remember playing, and this, this is nostalgia to her, um, man, remember playing Super Mario 3D World for the Wii U? Man, I love playing that game. I was like, well, I still have it. We can play it right now. Oh, my God. And they're God. like, what? We can? So, I mean, so that was that was nostalgic. And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's still available. It still works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> got it working and everything. Um, you know, but there's things like, uh, you know, recently um, Konami confirmed that PT would not work on a PlayStation 5. And that was something they actually had to address because they had so many, probably so many, so much outcry saying, hey, will my copy of PT work um, on the PlayStation 5? The answer is no, it won't. And then it's like, well, you know, that's... <laughs> so that's if gone. you want to play yours, you have to keep your old one. But it's, you know, it, it's that it's that level where, you know, they're going to be that passionate about it yep. to, uh, to, you know, make an outcry about it. Yeah, the question makes a good point about the PS3 and Xbox 360 in particular. There, that's kind of it. Seems like that's almost like going to be the Bermuda Triangle of, you know, inaccessible and lost games. Because uh, I think be. that's when they 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 first went online, isn't it? Or at least when that first that option first became it was a reality. Yeah. Yeah. So that worries 4. me. 
between PSP and the PS3, which one came out first? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. The I want to say I'm trying to think. I, I have to look it up. Um, but whatever it was, that one had the the online element. I think PS3 came out first, and then we had the PSP. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be because there's some of those games too, and I think they also officially announced. And don't quote me on this, um, but I, I think they announced on PlayStation Five because I just had to download an update for my PS4 saying, "Hey, uh, PS3 games will no longer be available for download on your PS4. You yes. you can download them. You can download them on a PS3. If you want to play PS3 games, you can <laughs> download them on your P- you can download PS3 games on your PS3, but you can't purchase them on a PS4. And that was with one of the new updates, or, or it was something like that. It was it was yeah. worded very weird. But yeah. I have a, I have a PS. Um, I I love my PSP Go, and I can't access the online store anymore just because it's, you know, I, I can't. Yeah, there's a fellow in my Discord that um, loves to hack things. He he. The only reason he bought a PlayStation Classic was so he could hack it and add all sorts of arcade games, arcade oh, ROMs sure. to it. Um, yeah. I think people will always find a way, one way or another. Oh, um, sure. And uh, they, they, you can. There's even hacked Vitas out there that have a ton of functionality that can run tons of stuff. Um, yeah, up through uh, GameCube and Dreamcast and that sort of thing. Yeah, oh, it, but as far as like PS3 and 360 and that generation, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be. I hope. I hope it's not uh, too, too. Uh, the the future's not too dark for some of that stuff. But uh, we'll see. Right. I guess. Let's <laughs> hope. We shall. Okay. Um, our next question here is from Mike, and his is something toy and video game related. Have you seen the Super Mario Lego sets, especially the NES and TV? And, it, and is it something that you'd be interested in checking out? I love the fact that they have these little DIY kits for anything, whether it be Legos, whether it be um, even the arcade one-up machines that you can you build. You, you get you get the kit, you build it yourself, and look, Ma, I made this thing that actually it works in its functionality. Um, I have three children, and so I'm not buying any Legos anytime soon. <laughs> because <I'm, laughs> all it takes is, um, and they have enough time picking up their bigger toys, let alone picking up the smaller toys. Um, so when it comes to Legos, that was a conscious decision my wife and I made a long time ago, where it's like, Legos are great, we love them, uh, but for the sake of our own sanity, um, we're not going to get them Legos and Legos are so much more intricate than when I was growing up. There was just the blocks. Oh yeah. You know now they have these little pieces that all, that with curves and you know one little click on the. Th- it's like man, that's um, I, I I love Legos personally, but that's one of those things. It's like man, that's um, we'll we'll find we'll get them into something else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love them. I love looking at them. I love watching the YouTube videos as well of people building them and all that. I love it. Um, uh, not um, I I love looking at it from a distance, but nothing I would purchase for myself. Yeah, I think it was the game versus game guy. Um, he got the uh, what was it? I think it was the Ghostbusters um, uh, headquarters, basically, and the the building that would open up. It cost an obscene amount of money, but holy crap, oh, sure. it was so freaking cool. <laughs> oh, it's I loved. I, I have some friends who are hardcore toy collectors too. They, I mean, and I, I get it. And toy collecting is one of those things I never really got into. I had toys when I was growing up, just like any other kid, I guess. Um, you know, I loved Transformers. When I mean, I, I started out with He-Man, then the Transformers, then Mask. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I, I have friends who are my age now who still collect toys, and it's. A, I, I love it, and I love every element of it. But it's just that's I mean, a it's it's a money sink for sure. <laughs> Getting jumped into that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think those things are, are pretty cool, especially the NES and TV. But I, I just 
and, and they're cool to look at. I just can't really justify it because it, one, it'll just end up taking up space. I'll put it together and then I'll feel bad about taking it apart. <laughs> and <laughs> right. then it'll just sit in a spot and never really do anything. And I already have like tons of video games that I already do that with. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the go. appeal of uh, video games, collecting video games, is, is that they're interactive collectibles where that's right. there's a lot of content there. Um, Mario looks creepy in Lego form. I'm just going to say Just a little it. bit. He looks kind of... He does, yeah. Yeah, he, it's, it's, it's a bit disorienting. Um, there's some stuff I like that I think looks cool, like the Thwomp Drop thing is interesting. I'm just on the website now. The Fortress uh, expansion set looks cool. That looks just like it does in the game, which I like. But um, a lot of this stuff seems kind of, nah, not my thing at all. Like even, yeah, you know, I'm trying to put on my kid hat. And uh, right. like, would I like this as a kid? I definitely would have liked the, the Fortress set and the Thwomp, but everything else. Like the Bowser Castle, 100 bucks, and Bowser looks all jank and just weird. And uh, yeah, it's I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have liked that. I, I prefer the real thing. Well, I think they're making these for adults too, because I mean, you look at like the uh, the NES TV set thing. I mean, that was like what two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty bucks, whatever yeah. it was. Yes. It's like no no parent is getting that for their kids just for fun. Still you know, sold out a, too. Oh well, I mean, there you go. <laughs> that's a good in the back point. of someone's truck. And, and you mentioned <laughs> toy collectors, and I think I think what would what would help me on this is if these actually came out in the eighties, then I would be. I would be looking for them everywhere I went, trying to put the oh, collection sure. back together. And that, that's the collector and historical preservation side of me. But the, uh, I guess the, the capitalization on putting them out now, and I can tell when somebody's trying to play on my nostalgia, and it often works, but I don't like it. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm when Hallmark is making when Hallmark's making Christmas ornaments every year now, it's like, come on, they 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 found where the money is. Oh exactly. yeah, they make those Star Trek things that make sounds and stuff oh. like that. Oh, they have they have like Nintendo systems that like little really. Nintendo, Nintendo ornaments, yeah, from Hallmark. It's crazy. You can turn it on and everything. Huh. Yeah, you have to, you have to look them up sometime. They All had, right, they had a couple of them last year. I think they had like a Donkey Kong cabinet last year, and I think this year they had the NES. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a market for them, and we have money apparently. Expendable income is fun. <laughs> so, someone does anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that generation anyway. <laughs> for stuff right like on. that anyway. Heck yeah. Well, I guess that pretty much wraps up the episode, John. We want to thank you again for, for coming on and hanging out with us, man. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll have another convention sometime in the near future. But um, in the meantime, we'll be hanging out. Yeah, Absolutely. man. It's, you, you've been a great guest. Uh, we, you know, you're such a likable guy, so we really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> I'm good at assuming. I'm good at, <laughs> good at being, I guess. <laughs> right on. All right, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with any questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. We might even read it out here, right here on the show. And if you want to hear more podcasts from our crew, please check out polykill.com and poke around. That's right. That's that's exactly right, polykill.com. Please go there and check out other podcasts like Tales, other podcasts like mm. uh, Polykill. Uh, that's and right. uh, other podcasts like our friend Michelle. She has a new uh, yeah. Pete's Power Hour. Is it Petey? Oh, Petey's Power Hour. It's okay. Petey. It's Petey. It's spelled like Pete with an extra E, but it's Petey. And that's that's a fun <laughs> one, too. But uh, yeah, anyway, if email isn't your thing, that's no big deal. But if you'd still want to contribute, just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out just fine. Right on. Yeah, you can also find us all on social media. I'm at uh, I'm on Twitter at Traff Plays Games. You can find Alex, of course, at Snestrunk, and John Riggs is at John Blue Riggs Blue the color, of course. 
as opposed to blue like the nirvana song b l e w yeah yeah like you like you just blew something <laughs> you you, you uh painted yourself <laughs> into a corner there my friend uh I know the only thing I could think of was was something that I wasn't going to say or <laughs> something in re- that involved like a DUI test. I'm like, what else do you blow? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I went safe there with Nirvana. So the I think it's the opening track on Bleach. <laughs> uh, as always, we want to shout out the show's theme composed by our friend Coolor. It's a great track. Um, you, it's called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And of course, we want to thank Josh Leslie for a thirst quenching logo. That's right. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.